0: This podcast is sponsored by Audible. Audible, stay connected, informed, and inspired. Try Audible Premium Plus for 30 days free. Your 30-day trial comes with one credit, two credits for Prime members, good for any premium selection titles you like, yours to keep with the audible plus catalog of podcasts audiobooks guiding wellness and audible originals you can listen all you want no credits needed go to www.audibletrial.com slash entertainment rants to start your audible premium plus 30-day trial today 14.95 a month after 30 days cancel anytime. audible it's time to start listening welcome to the entertainment rants podcast your number one opinion source for all things entertainment Join host Marco Mazzola as he sounds off on the latest movies, TV, music, gaming, comic books, and more. Now, here's the man of the hour, Marco Mazzola. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Entertainment Rants Podcast. I'm, as always, your host, Marco Mazzola. And today I have with me a very special guest named Zach. And is it Barrack? Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah, 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 yeah good good just want to make sure i got that right um so zach tell us uh what show you're working on right now i I got a uh, chance to watch uh the first season and i'm really excited about it so and i know the second season is coming out
1: yeah right so um dead end paranormal park it's on netflix uh yeah season two just came out it's a really wonderful show about you know kind of the Trials of being a teen paralleled with the trials of working at a demonic theme park (laughs) Um, um, or a theme park that happens to be a portal to hell. We've all been there. And uh, uh, yeah, it's something I'm super proud of. Uh, It's very sort of reflective of, you know, the world in its own twisted way. So, yeah.
0: It's the twisted part I love. I yeah. love that twisted aspect of the show. It's really fun. It harkens. There's a lot of yeah. You know, there's some shows out there right now that really grab that sort of twist going on. And uh, I really, you know, I hadn't um, saw much of it. I'd heard of it because I love Netflix. I'm all over Netflix, so I I checked it out. And then uh, once uh, you guys got in touch with me to to do the interview, I, I dug right in. And yeah. uh, now I've just been pointing to everybody like, you, you have to watch this show. It's hysterical. It's really funny. Uh, yeah. And you play Barney.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean
0: Barney's the main character in my eyes, right? So. Tell me a little yeah, you know,
1: I I think um, when you have, like, a really strong ensemble, which, mm-hmm. you know, bias, but I think we do, um, it's so cool to see how everybody plays together and, and there's the sort of collective, you know, yeah. um, center of the show. But at the same time, um, I will say, you know, I think the special thing about Barney and probably a lot of the reason that you feel, you know, that it comes, you know comes naturally to say he's the lead is, um he's the audience surrogate, you know, yeah. and 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 I think uh, such a relatable kind of character, and and you know, it it is also just very deep, very deeply cool to say, um you know, I'm the main character in the show, you know, so it's That's a great it's, cast. You know, I mean, looking <laughs>
0: through the iadb obviously it's an amazing cast of people yeah. on the show. So you know, props to everybody on there. That the, the voice talents are incredible. So. It's just, and everybody just makes the show just more fun. You know, even though it's got sort of that darker tone, it's Mm -hmm. very, it can be very lighthearted in in its way. So it's just very accessible. I think to everybody, um, is there a main, would you say there's a main audience that it looks for?
1: Yeah, I think it's sort of a young adult, um, kid show, you know, it it is intended for kids and, um, there's a temptation that even I have to say young adult first, because it feels more valid. But, you know, I think that's like tough. Um, it's something I'm trying to like push back against that instinct because kids stuff has value. And, and, and um, it's like some of the first stuff we watch. So it's some combination. You know what I mean? I think it is for everybody. I mean, the truth is animation is so um, it's such it's such a thing that everybody likes. Yeah. I'm a huge animation fan Um, since I was a kid. I, yeah, I just really, really enjoy watching animated programs. And, and you know, I was an early adult animation fan. <laughs> like, I think there was some aspect of, I just want to feel like a big kid. I have three right. older brothers. Um, but I also, it really did make me appreciate how age kind of fluid animation is, you know. Mm -hmm. That there was so much to be had in the shows that were meant for older people for a young person to watch because a lot of those are meant to be like tongue in cheek about the world and then, you know, still kind of accessible and then vice versa where like the kid shows really seem to traverse time, you know, and then be accessible to adults.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge animation fan. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I watched a lot of Looney Tunes when they first came out. You know what I mean? Things like that. I'm that old. So, you know, it's and I've never stopped, you know, between Family Guy and all the other shows that are out there. You know, it it definitely plays. Like I I watched Tiny Tunes when it first came out and I still watch it today. I'll still go back and watch old episodes. You know what I mean? And they do. A lot of them are so timeless you mm-hmm. know and i feel this one is going to be the same thing you can go back and watch it years later whether you're a kid or an adult which i really appreciate when it comes to animation it, it, we've definitely broken down the barriers and the walls on animation yeah. where it was just always just for kids and i think around the time of like the batman animated series when mm-hmm. they said okay, we can actually take this stuff really seriously and yeah. it can be for anybody you know you have your rick and mortys you have all these other different shows where it just it's so accessible to everybody and it's okay for an adult to watch an animated show
1: yeah, one hundred percent. One and 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 that it feels really important that we talk about it, um, because like, so one thing recently, so Guillermo del Toro was talking about how animation is really important, and it's like it is cinema and all that stuff. And I think it's and he, you know, I like that a lot because I love seeing people say that. But also in the same breath, I'm like, you know, um, it doesn't have to be like prestige, you know, stop motion. And I'm not that's not a jab at that. I some of my favorite stuff. I like grew up the nightmare before Christmas. I mean, I'm, I'm a Jewish kid and that was one of my favorite movies on earth. Um, I, I still, sometimes when they reshow it in the theater, I'll go, you know, watch it. And, um, so a huge fan, but you know, um, I like the idea that, you know, any style can have value, um, 2d and, and 3d and 2d with 3d elements. I don't know that there's so much, um, variety in what animation looks like that it's so silly to assign more value to some of it than other and people should be allowed to like what they like yeah. and um the writers and animators and actors that work truly and i i actors i i mean as an actor i can comfortably say that what the animators and writers do is significantly harder yeah. and more arduous and less valued um and you know, I just think I just think animation sometimes gets the short end of the stick,
0: right? Because um, there's always been so long seen movie. as a kid's, right? So long exactly. seen as a kid medium, yeah. right? But we're definitely why, living in a time so where bad. that's no longer the case.
1: Yeah, and why is it so bad? Sorry to talk over you. I'm so no, it's okay. Um, why is it so bad to like value what kids like? You know, like why is that so hard for us to go? Oh, it's like it a kid likes this that has value or like a young person has this that has value, you know? So, um, and then also just like, it is something that appeals to adults, you know, and there's, there shouldn't be sort of, not that it's horribly hindering anybody, but like there shouldn't be a stigma against liking a thing that is like, like youthful, you know?
0: Definitely. definitely. So tell us how you got started with acting. Where, where What yeah. uh, led up to it?
1: So when I was like a kid, I really liked it. Um, I did two plays at our uh, Park Center, which like the community kind of mm-hmm. theater vibe. Um, I did one about pirates, and I did one about chess tournament during the time of disco. Really, <laughs> so specific. Um, <laughs> That's pretty
0: cool. <laughs> uh,
1: like it almost feels like I'm throwing words at the with um, and seeing what sticks. So I really liked it, and then. Like really far between experiences because I didn't really do it until then. I went to um, high school and I went to a school in Virginia that was pretty much it was all girls, and I was just like a boy um in that sea of things, like you know, in in sort of a complex way as a trans person. But I got to play boys and I got to have these really big parts, and I was like, oh my god, this is so much fun um and um then i went to college and i was like i got to get a practical degree so i started studying music business and i was miserable um i was just like can't sit still anyway and then being kind of made to sit still for a degree that i had no interest in was just not working um, I started taking accounting and then like cried under a staircase. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I can't I'm not cut out for this. Like maybe I'm not a college kid, you know.
0: As many accountants probably do. <laughs> yes, yeah, no,
1: exactly. And um yeah, and I was just like, this is um this isn't it. So I met a really wonderful um person um who worked for a transgender uh talent agency um just through like an event at school. And through my roommate had, my freshman year roommate had a friend who posted on Facebook that was like, hey, we're looking for this type of actor. So it was so, so informal, like I didn't have any connections really. Um, and I kind of reached out to her and I got to go for this first audition. And then after that, you know, I, I would bother her here and there with an email and, um she would every once in a while because she didn't have anybody in my particular niche at the time on her roster she would like send me out for things and it was not frequent and then one day she was like okay you really got to go to this one it's for spider-man and i was like "Mm, yes i can understand why you have urgency in your voice um so yeah and then i just went and and then things sort of just never stopped rolling from there and um I mean, you know, minus the whole, the world on pause bit of it, right. but, um, but yeah, it's been sort of wild since then. I just got kind of stupid lucky. um, And, you know, I, I, as much as I say, like, it's not something my family has a lot of connections in or anything and that I feel very lucky, mm-hmm. you know, I also acknowledge, like, I went to, like, college in LA and could afford to do that. I, right. <laughs> on some level, that's a connection, you know, yeah. um, so that's sort of how I got into it.
0: Cool. Awesome. So uh, let's go dive into Spider-Man because I think yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to want to hear what yeah. the experience was like on that on that movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was such a cool experience because and I'm super grateful for it because I got like tossed in the deep end um, and I had to like pick up on the I hadn't really been on many sets I had an intern at a production company which by the way was what I was doing when I got the audition for it so like I only had a few weeks um and yeah and I um yeah I just kind of had to figure it out but I had really good friends I'm still super close with from the movie and so I didn't totally have to do it by myself um and it was just really cool like it was basically getting to play pretend on like the biggest scale possible right you know sometimes it felt very much like what it was we'd be in front of these enormous green screens and it was like I know what we're doing <laughs> we're, we're doing you know and then sometimes we'd be on the tower bridge running and you'd be like oh my god this is so cool you know it was all very cool but it was um yeah it was it was I think an extension of what I said which is like I don't know. There's value in the youthfulness of things, and and, and yep. it was very much that.
0: So, so what was the uh, audition process like for it?
1: Yeah, so I got that call, and I was like, okay, I'll go. And I shaved my face so I would look oh yeah, age appropriate, and right. ran over there. And it was in such a hurry that I went upstairs in the building. Sarah Finn Casting does a lot of the casting, and you know, for Marvel, and and. So I run upstairs and I'm sitting there and I start like looking around and every guy in the room is tall and blonde. And I was like, huh, (laughs) okay. And I go in and I start doing the lines and they're like, Oh, um, that's not the correct scene. And I was like, Oh, and then I, I, I showed them the email and they were like, okay, this happens all the time. That is downstairs. Um, very confusing. Go ahead and I run downstairs Thankfully, I wasn't late. Got there with a lot of time. Went in and, and, you know, and then did my audition with, like, two of the kindest people. Um, And they were really lovely and and pushed for me um, once they really enjoyed my audition. And, yeah, I don't know. From there, it was just kind of, you know, out of my hands. But I remember being, like, okay, you really got to, like, do a good job because it's Spider-Man. And I was like, that's not good advice to give yourself. Like, just saying that isn't anything. But it <laughs> stuck. Like, it was weirdly like, okay, I'm doing your good job then. <laughs> you know?
0: Going for it. Going all up. Yeah. How long were you on set for that?
1: Three and a half months, I think. Wow. Um. Yeah, we got there at the beginning of July. Yeah. And we wrapped in... October mid-October I think or late October so yeah about three and a half months
0: yeah that's awesome did you get to do any of the uh, sort of like um premiere stuff or any of that with it once the movie came out yeah
1: I got to do my first red carpet which was a hollow book red carpet but it was so funny because I was such an amateur that I got dropped off in the wrong spot and I had to like and it was on Hollywood Boulevard and like the street was nuts so we had to like walk through like the worst crowd of people and I'm in my like suit um and eventually got there obviously and I got to do some really cool interviews um yeah it was it was neat to get to just talk um and surreal you know because it's a bit part like you know it wasn't like ever meant to be this huge thing and that's such a thing that actors do in their career you know you do these little roles uh and if you're dumb lucky like I was you do it in a Marvel film and um But then there's this layer of, you know, when you exist in an identity that isn't often on camera, it feels like this huge deal. And and I'm, you know, you're like, oh, it's a little sad that it has to be, you know, that these little parts are such a big deal. But then also, I'm really glad it's happening at all. And um, so it was surreal to, like, talk in depth about my experience when I knew I was just like, I'm just a little part. Um, But it was also very cool. And it, and it showed me how much it meant to people because even that was such a huge win and I got a lot of messages, you know.
0: Well, like they say, there's no small parts.
1: Exactly, right? yeah. yeah.
0: It's awesome. All right, cool. So um, I see that you also did a podcast series called The College Tapes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so it's this really wonderful series that is a spinoff of The Bright Sessions, which is like a wildly popular um, narrative podcast. And... Lauren Shippen sort of headed it, and it's, like, this, like, sci-fi world that is, and the Bright Sessions was this, originally this, it was, like, therapy sessions with kids who have, like, superpowers, basically, who are, like, struggling with them, particularly because the nature of the powers can be kind of complex, so, like, one of the main characters, um, Caleb, has, like, basically, like, can, like, it's, it's about, like, emotions or whatever, like, empathy and stuff. Like, he can feel emotions and kind of, like, know what people are feeling. And that's such a unique kind of take on a superpower, I think. Um, and so the College Tapes was an extension of that. And it was the college life of the kids that had been, you know, doing these therapy sessions that were, um, you know, and and... Um, it was a really fun series to do because similar to dead end, it was about kind of kids going through kid things, but then having this added experience of like a supernatural event and there was like cults and like old, like old societies that like lived in the depths of like old schools and, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was neat to work on. It was very fun.
0: Sounds and, awesome. It really does. It yeah. sounds super interesting. And, yeah. and can we find that everywhere? Like podcasts, like Apple. and, Spotify um, and all that,
1: or? Yeah, I actually believe so. So it was originally just on luminary, but I believe since then it has okay. been released mm-hmm. uh, right. in many podcast platforms like Apple. and cool. stuff.
0: Awesome. I'm going to make sure I put some uh, links to some of the stuff on uh, show notes when we publish. So, so we're nice. sure that's out there for people. So definitely. All right. So let's talk about dead end since that's what we're working on right now. Um, how yeah. did you get that role?
1: Um, really, really great agents. Um, so Sam Frischman and Pat Brady were sort of the head of that effort. Um, and they basically, Sam got this audition and was like, Hey, um, so you are perfect for this. It is like, uh, uncanny to the point where like, sometimes people will be like, was the character based on you? And I'm like, no, no he's just really relatable and i'm kind of boring you know and and he's he's still fascinating i'm not saying the character's boring but like i fit into it because like he's a real person and i'm like just like some guy <laughs> and 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 that those things really go together and so so yeah i went out for it and it was pretty wonderful the audition felt really good then I got a call back, and I was like, I am reading every inch of these comics before because I need to know this guy inside and out, and, and I just, like, fell in love with him. I was like, oh, he's, like, a, he's kind of dumb. Same, you know? <laughs> um, and and I was just like, I got to get this. Like, I've been dying since, um, since starting this journey to play someone that was a little selfish sometimes, um, a little um dumb a little um naive and very hopeful and very outgoing and you just don't get handed stuff like that all the time regardless of identity as an actor but certainly not as a trans person um because it is so narrow and what people consider interesting quote unquote you know it can often be like about violence or you know what have you and yeah and then so i gave it my all and um the truth is I think on some level um it was in the stars anyway because um our showrunner Hamish Steele who wrote the comics and and I saw an article that called him dead-end boss and it made me laugh so I'm gonna I'm gonna say dead-end boss Hamish Steele he um yeah he he had seen my I did like a talk that was online and he had seen it and and Sort of like, oh, that—that's what Barney's like, you know, and and he's that guy's funny. Um, so you know, I think I got, I had a mild extra edge from being a like public orator. Um, I say that as though that's what I am. I I I, I make some funny comments on a stage, <laughs> talk about what it's like to be Graham, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was it was sort of all kismet.
0: Excellent. So what is the goal for you for Zach? What is your you know, obviously acting, voiceover work, still doing, still want to do voiceover work. Um, anything else? Like directing, writing?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually, I have some stuff in the works. Um, I have a really wonderful writing partner with similar goals to me, which is kind of just to make stuff that is pretty intrinsically about, uh, without it being like,
0: heavy. we got you back.
1: Awesome. I'm so sorry. I don't really know what happened. <laughs>
0: that's okay. Um, I gonna edit that whole section out. Don't worry about it. So we're talking about your writing and your writing partner?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just want to make stuff that's like um, about you know, the experiences of identity but but like, you know, maybe not so heavy-handed. <laughs> um, you know, the balance of not so heavy-handed and also like not entirely one long metaphor. And, and I think that's just like through humor and okay. um, genre fiction. But, you know, um, so we really want to make horror movies and we want to make them like campy and goofy and like scary as hell. And, and some, we want that to be the focal point, you know? And, and everything right. else, if you're a good enough writer, comes from like dialogue. Like, you know, there's a way to make something queer that is just like, this is how my queer friends talk. And we don't have to get into the like coming out of it all. You right. know, so that's the goal. Um, not that those stories aren't important, they're just done to death and no, and, I think you're so. right. I think
0: they're important in, in a massive degree, but I think you catch a wider audience if you're not shoving it, shoving it, shoving it. But it's in there so people can pick up on it, people can understand that what's happening, but you're not boom, 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 in people's face about it. Because I think certain right. people who need to hear that get turned off, but they really should be able to listen and love the story and and embrace it. And yeah, embrace
1: and, it. and I think um, yeah, I think that there's a level of um needing that that there is um, an audience for things that are so like you know where it is in your face and I think that like that has value and is really important and in the same breath like yeah like if if you're making art for everybody um, there's a lot of value to making it accessible Um, I mean and and I and I it's one of the reasons I love comic books is like they sometimes in like older ones like they'll just explain who the characters are in dialogue in the most heavy-handed way they'll be like yes and this is um this is this character and you're like this is so goofy but it's cuz it was for kids originally you know what i mean yep. um and i think there's sort of a translation to adulthood that needs to happen where sometimes you need to um put things in a in a way that is digestible um and um it's not cuz of like shame or respectability but it's because of um like there's a really fun way to have a conversation and sometimes like The laziest writing is like this is what this means you know um and that there's a way to write something really beautiful by just like capturing what the world actually looks like Mm -hmm. um and that's what we want to do for sure is like just just have the dialogue sort of speak to the community by being honest to what like those conversations look like without because i don't sit in a circle with my friends and go these are here are all like here's a list of my identities and what they all mean like nobody does that and that's so much of what I auditioned for is, like, this is how my hormones are, like, such a problem. Or, like, I mean, what's, the, what's the story of the week to progress the main character of the show that is, like, a little bit about my identity? And it's, like, what's real and true, and one of the reasons I love Dead End, is um, that I am, like, a little dumb. And that is more a part of my day than being trans as often. Um, it just doesn't mean I'm not proud of it or that it's something I don't wear proudly, you know, that I sure. don't say with my chest. It's just that, like, it would be insane for me to start every day going, I'm trans, and then I'm shouting it to everyone I meet. That's just not how life works. Right. Um, for the most part, at least. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is the kind of thing I want to do, is I want to write things that are um, fascinating and scary and sometimes drama, and, you know, but that um, that – are really good at capturing what like real people are like in um, like funny and and campy ways. So um, we're working on a horror piece right now. Um, we have like some cool coming of age stuff, which we thought would be like kind of a unique uh, thing to capture certain identities about because there's lots of coming of age films about like young men and young young women who are just like kind of like you know the every person. Um, and that it would be fun to do it about some weirdos. Um, you know, some like weirdo coming of age films, um, for the freaks. Mm Uh, and so that's kind of the goal is to be able to do stuff like
0: that. And yeah, we got some stuff cooking. Awesome. Super, super. All right. So let's get to know you a little bit more. So it's an entertainment show that we do. Um, we're always talking about TV and movies and things like that. So we always like to ask our guests, like, what are you into? What are you watching right now? What, you know, some of the things you like.
1: Okay. I'm going to expose myself just a tad. Um, I'm a pretty big anime fan. Um, I have been watching, so the this fall has been pretty packed for me in terms of what just happens that a lot of the shows I watch have come back. So Spy Family, which I really love. It's like some just like borderline slice of life and borderline action show that like, meet really wonderfully in the middle it makes me laugh out loud every time it's the most i feel like i'm watching a kid's show but it is like still just like a very like age ambiguous show or like you know age fluid um and when i'm watching it i'm like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen and it's like delightful and heartwarming and it's still like an action-packed anime um and uh chainsaw man okay that's the one i'm like currently like really like super jazzed about. So I read the manga for the first part um, and wept and was like, this is the best thing I've ever read in my life. Um, And the show has like done nothing but um, meet my expectations thus far. The animation is cool. The character is like exactly how I imagined him. The voice acting is a lot of fun. Um, So I mean, early days, who knows what will happen or if it will be able to maintain it. But Um, if they, if they stick to the original, you know, story, it was so beautiful. And, and I heard someone online say like the violence in it is kind of like Kafka-esque where it's like really like a mess, like in the, in the manga too. Like you, sometimes you can't really make sense of it because it's just bodies on bodies and it looks like this like really crazy (laughs) looking creation, but it's like, it's like gorgeous. Like there's something, it, it makes me quite emotional. Like, I don't know, something about like looking at it. Um, this like insane thing while this like kid is also coming of age he's just like a teen boy like learning about life and he and like he's standing on a pile of bodies and you're like this is so not what like you should have had in your life it's like it's kind it's really gorgeous and um the, the thing that makes it really interesting is is he's like a, he's a kid with like very simple dreams is sort of the premise of the show I mean it is obviously he is a chainsaw man um <laughs> and that is a that is a large detail. Um, but and it's a show about uh, a world where devils um, are kind of commonplace and are born out of the fears of people, and they're devil hunters. And um, he sort of, you you learn early on, he's just like he's never had a chance for friends, or he's never gone to school, and it's um, and it's kind of heartbreaking. You know, he he goes to start this new job, and this guy's like, "What? You never went to school?" And he's like, "No, man." And it's like, oof, you know, <laughs> so, but it's like, but he's like funny and like, and relatable. And it, he, he sees his dreams as having like loads of value, even though they're like, I want to touch boobs. I want to have jam on my toast, Like I want to be able to afford these things. Like I want to sleep somewhere warm. um, And, and, and I want friends, you know, there's this really wonderful line in the second episode and it's early in the manga as well, um, where this guy's like, you want to be friends with devils. Like, okay, I know whose side you're really on. And he's like, yeah. If I could, I would, because I never had any friends, <laughs> you know. So it, it's it's a really gorgeous series, and I'm really looking forward to it because the animation is like really going off for me.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, how about uh, movies? Where do you, how you uh, like Marvel stuff? Obviously, we, we were in Spider Man, but
1: you know. yeah. Um, I'm super excited for Wakanda Forever. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I think the like Namor stuff is gonna be so cool. Um. The action looks great. Yeah, everything about it, the trailer got me super hyped up. But um, in terms of what I've seen recently, so I am um, I am uh, accumulating a very long list of things I have been meaning to see and plan to see. So I will say um, what I'm excited for um, is I'm really looking forward to Triangle of Sadness. That looks really interesting and different. Um, I, I really want to see. Um, in terms of like horror, I, I'm still behind, so I really want to see X and Pearl, yep. um, and Bodies, 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 um, but um, as for what I've watched lately, like, in terms of new stuff, the Prey, the, like, newest Predator movie, and that was one of the most incredible, I mean, so talk hot. about a movie that knows how to pay homage without, like, slapping you in the face with it, yep. The like, reverse use of the mud, like, the, like, I don't know, it was so brilliant, I was, like, the whole time I was watching this, I was, like, I think I'm, a, I, I know that I'm, like, a little slow on uptake when it comes to, like, film analysis or like literary analysis but i was like this is this is so cool and then when i had a second to be like oh that was a reference and like yeah but like in a really gorgeous way where it sort of transfers the power to these like people with like a really rich culture and like we're often like left out of cinema yeah. um it, it was it was really neat i thought it was a so reference
0: back to danny glover's the predator was yeah. awesome. i thought the cinematography was probably one of the best gorgeous yeah definitely out of the series one. One. but it was amazing so it kind of felt almost bad that it didn't get a theatrical release mm-hmm. imagine seeing that on a big screen, screen yeah you know yeah. And my tv at home is pretty big but it's not a big not a movie theater size that would yeah. have been amazing uh, and i thought she did an amazing job you know uh, you know you, i know a lot of people were kind of like you know being a girl fighting a predator i thought she she was probably one of the best fighters they've ever had in any of the series like she held her own and she kicked that thing's ass i thought it was amazing brilliant like
1: the the like essence of like these movies feel this way like pirate movies alien movies like and and the predator and i mean like literally the alien franchise it's like about ingenuity and like being able to like um like there are certain genres that really lend themselves to like how does the protagonist think themselves out of this? And it's, like, horror, but, like, sci-fi horror really lends itself well. And then, um, like, yeah, pirate movies, and then, like, you know, sometimes, like, like the Indiana Jones kind of vibe. But, um, yeah, the way that they have to, like, when you're facing an, in- an impossible enemy, like, an enemy that is, like, insurmountable, like, all you got is a brain, you know? Yeah. Like, that's literally all you're left with. So it's cool to be, like, yeah, she, like, wasn't the strongest fighter we saw that at the beginning but yeah. like that is not that does not a like warrior make you know
0: no definitely not now speaking of indiana jones did you um see recently harrison ford said he wants the character basically to die with him
1: yeah you know i i kind of get it you know um i don't know they have super strong opinions one way or the other because i've never played an iconic character yeah. in in cinema but um I imagine there's some level of you put your heart and soul and this character is deeply attached to who you are. And, um, it freaks you out to think of it getting, I mean, okay. The truth is like, there's loads and loads of reboots and some of them aren't good. And I think it would really bum me out if I spent my life attached to an iconic character. And then like the legacy was tarnished. Um, that's probably the fear. Um, and, I kind of get that. And I also don't know. I don't know. I don't have, like, strong, strong feelings about it other than, like, I think remakes can, like, wait a sec and we can make some original stuff and then this doesn't need to be a conversation. Yeah, we talk
0: about that all the time on the show. Yeah. we like, The value, you know, we know it's really about the money, you know, yeah. hopefully they, you know, hopefully they never make remake Back to the Future, you know what I mean? but yeah. hopefully they don't do the same thing to Indiana Jones. They don't try to reboot as much as I love Chris Pratt and all the other people that they, you know, yeah. saying should attach to that project. I think once he's gone, I think that would, that should be it. You yeah. know what I mean? It should be a long time before that character gets rebooted, but you know, we have, like you said, we have a forever and they chose mm-hmm. not to recast, you know, yeah. which I respect. Um, you know, I, I, but I wonder what he would have said about that. You know what I mean? If, yeah. you know, the, the strength of that character and the meaning and the background that, you know, the, the importance of that character to not be going on in their world anymore. You know what I mean? Just because he unfortunately passed away. Right. You know what I mean? But they, re, they but they replaced with, uh, William Hurt with Harrison Ford of all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to to yeah. general Ross. I thought that was uh, kind of strange. <laughs> you know, you do one without the other. I don't know. Just my own take on it. No. Yeah. 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 We discuss that sort of thing all the time. So, uh, so talk about growing up, you grew up uh, where, the, the, your IMDb says outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. you had mentioned something else as well.
1: No, yeah, so I grew up outside of Chicago, um, I ended up going to high school in a different place, but it um, grew up, like, I mean, depending on what part of the city we're talking, but like, let's say Rogers Park is probably the most close that I can think of, and it's about 15 minute drive, depending on traffic, um, yeah, and I, it was, uh, just I grew up in like a town that nobody knows the name of, so, but I'm also near a major city, so it's an it's an interesting experience because yeah. everybody knows what Chicago is, nobody knows what Glenview is. Right. Um. Yeah. So uh, only a handful of other Jewish kids. Certainly nobody talks about the queer thing. Um, and who knows what it's like now? Maybe I'd go to elementary school and there'd be a bunch of other kids like me, but. Uh, yeah, I I was just like a little tomboy and, and very aware that that was like going to be weird at some point. And, um, yeah. And it just sort of, I think it definitely shaped a lot of my journey. And then you went to high school in Virginia. Virginia. I went to Northern Virginia, DC area. Um, my, my family just was like going through a lot and um, moving around uh, in terms of like work and, and different things uh, with my parents and all my brothers were at college. And it was just like, yeah, man, you need some stability. Um, and and when like your parents split, like kind of the best thing you can do is get out of the house. So um, thank God I had some like cool, honestly, just like therapists to be like, yeah, you uh, things are bad. You should leave um, and, and, and your parents can like support it. Um, you know, I, I think the privilege part there is financially, I had the capacity to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a cousin that lived in DC if I needed anything and, and, you know, and I, so I got to start over my sophomore year and make up some of the flunking I did when things were really bad and it it worked out very well. (laughs) So, and I had a blast.
0: Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Uh, So anything you want to talk about now that I kind of hitch a bunch of questions?
1: Yeah. um, Can you say the one thing that's been really interesting about the experience of being on a kid's show has been the like, I kind of, okay. So I, I understand and expect um, that just like, I'm going to get some like pushback from certain types of people. Um, An interesting part of it is that that really highlights how much of an act of like, quote-unquote quote, like transgressiveness even though it's like really not um kind of existing in these spaces is which has been really interesting um the reason I'm thinking about it is I had this like really weird experience this week so I've always since spider-man every now and then really few and far between like some hateful com- comments here and there um, very like you're mentally ill and it's like well yeah but like I promise it's not related um you know like yes I am and I could you know and and like you know sometimes it's a lot but like it's also, like, so not related, and, and and I got, just this week, it really bummed me, it got me, like, riled up, but, like, you know, I'm not, I won't bum everybody out, but, like, the interesting thing was, um, it really made me realize how attached we are to our fans, that's the, like, positive part of it, because I just, like, I don't mind people saying that, sometimes I, like, low-key think it's, like, very funny, like, the things that people say are like, so absurd and stupid that I'm like, okay, you guys are just being silly at this point. Like, it does feel like a bit. Um, but someone like responded to a fan and I was like, no. <laughs> um, but it was like the most I was like, there is something really community. You know, there's something very much like a community when you have people who go to bat for your show, and make TikToks and tweets and fan art, um, where you're like, yeah, and I want to respect you too. And I think that. It's just taught me a lot about, like, these aren't going to be, like, our friends. There's a lot of them, and, and a lot of them are kids, and a lot of them are from all different places. And um, But there's, like, sort of, like, a mutual respect where you really want to protect these people. And it, it, it made me have a real appreciation for the other actors that I've always looked up to, and especially the ones whose faces you don't see who are, you know, behind the animation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it made me really appreciate, like, the value of the art they make because yeah, they have to they have to take a lot of vitriol and and they just kind of like smile and wave and um I'm happy to like that doesn't cost me anything nor does it really bother me at all um it's just that I was like you know you can't you can't do that you can't the one thing I can't abide is is commenting um you shouldn't do it anyway but do, certainly don't respond to comments um yeah. on an actor's post who does a kid show you know because a lot of those are gonna be kids and right. like you can do a lot of things and I will just be like, sure, fine. But that's not one of them. But it, 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 instead of it bumming everybody out, hopefully, I, I think the reason I wanted to bring it up is it like just really taught me how valuable the relationship between an artist and a person who likes their art is, even if it's like sometimes a little parasocial or not, you know, you never meet often, which is, I think, maybe for the best. Um, but, you know, because the in our show and dead end, that's like such a point is like sometimes don't meet your heroes, um, you know, because they're people, and sometimes they're going to act like how people do, which is selfish. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, that um, I just really, I really made me grateful, more than anything. You know, it made me mad, and then it made me grateful um, that, like, I was like, it's cool that our fans are crying about our show, and it's cool that I care that they're, like, taken care of, you know, that that's just, like, how making art should be Mm -hmm. um it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everybody it just means you have to like honor them as a human being right like nothing riles me up more than people being like "Ugh, the fans it's like whoops come on you know um so yeah i was just gonna say i'm very grateful and feeling very lucky for the love our show has gotten um it's it's the thing i'm the most proud of in my whole life is getting to be part of it and trusted with such a like cool character um you know it's such a like old thing, just like a monster of the week is such an old concept and, and we got to do it in like new and interesting ways. Um, And we got to do it on like a massive streaming platform and yeah, yeah, it's just, it's changing my life still. So um, I feel incredibly grateful and I really, it really inspires me to like make my own stuff, you know? So I feel very lucky right now. Um, Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to uh, end it. Yeah, um, that's a you know a nice positive note. Actually, a good thank you to the fans because where would we be without the fans, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Making shows for ourselves and watching them on our own phones. Um, exactly. So, you know what I mean. So Zach, I want to thank you for yeah. uh, that with me today. It was fantastic. Uh, I think you're awesome, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more *Paranormal Park*. dead *End Paranormal Park*. I want everybody to go out there and check it out on Netflix, seasons one and two. Make sure you watch them um, and look for Zach in the future. Hopefully, maybe make another you know appearance in the Marvel universe. You never know hopefully. Um, but definitely checking out, keep an eye on them because, uh, you're going to be going places, man. I like it. I like the stuff that I hear when you're talking about the stuff you're going to be writing things like that. Horror is a big thing. Love the horror show. Just my guys over there, the three geeky dads podcast. are going to love to hear that. They're, they're yeah. big horror fans. So fantastic. So thank you very much for being on the show and, uh, yeah. hopefully we'll chat again soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. all right, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, everybody, that was Zach Barrick from uh, Dead End Paranormal Park. Please make sure you check that out on Netflix uh, and see this young man. He, he's an incredible person, uh, super nice guy, and uh, I think he'll been be doing a lot. I think he's going to be doing a lot, and it's a really fun show. I, like I said, uh, I did get to uh, check it out once I knew I was going to be doing the interview and meeting Zach. I got to dig in more and watched uh, the entire first season. Now I'm going to go back and watch season two. It is funny. It's really funny. Uh, if you like those type of shows, like the Rick and Mortys and different things like that, they have like sort of a weird um, and, and paranormal bend to them. Uh, it's super funny. You have to check it out. So uh, as always, we are um, Entertainment Rants. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, thank you to Zach. And uh, check us out online, entertainmentrants.com. Check us out on social media at Entertainment Rants. I'm going to be posting links to the shows that Zach was talking about, things that he's done, and hopefully his his podcast. I'm going to find that as well. And post a link on there for you guys. So, you know, as always, guys, thank you very much. Please drop us a line on uh, Apple Podcasts for reviews. If you can, write us at EngageEntertainmentRants.com. We'll be checking out with you guys soon. We have our Halloween episode of Halloween coming up. Uh, It's going to be a special drop on Monday. Uh, We're also going to be recording, my wife and I are going to be recording, a review of Kinky Boots uh, playing at the Bill Haney uh, Music Theater in... um, uh beverly mass uh, we're going to see that uh on wednesday october 26th which is actually today uh and then we're gonna drop in a review on that tomorrow morning on thursday uh october 27th so we'll see you guys uh soon do you know what you guys gotta go out there and do just keep on ranting everybody